Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast presented by the Riley Decker Companies. Please do us a favor and help us change and improve lives by subscribing and giving us a rating on the platform of your choice. Thank you. Today we have a special guest on the Underdog Podcast. We have Jamel Herring. Welcome to uh, the UDP. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor. Yeah, man, it's it's an honor to have you. Um, I think I'm going to label the, the podcast episode Traverse Tragedy to Triumph, and, and you've done just that. You had said, some of us fight for our country, some of us fight for our families, some fight for sport, but you fight for all of these things. So, um, man, I can't wait to share your story. I don't even know where to jump in. You know, the underdog is overcoming adversity to, like you said, traversing tragedy to have triumphs or success. And and you have so many, I think, points of your story. So um, I know you just wrote a book, too. Maybe that's a point we can start yes, with, right? So maybe oh, talk yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about your uh, biography and the book, and then we can kind of work our way back. Um, yeah, all right. The book is um, entitled The Fighting Marine, because as people who, who don't know, um, I served as a United States Marine for nine years from 2003 to 2012. But um, that's where the title really comes from. But it's more than just about my, obviously, my military career. I speak about my, my upbringing from where I started at in Long Island, New York, to where I am now as a professional athlete and a U.S. Olympian as well. So I, I kind of want to touch base. I kind of touched on basis of a lot of, you know, different parts of, of my life, mainly because, you know, people maybe, you know, you, you may have, say, like a teenager that might be going things that I went through as a teen, or you may have a vet that, you know, who also goes through PTSD, such as myself. And, you know, maybe they're looking to see if they can connect with somebody who, who may go through similar, um, you know, aspects that they're going through now. But, over, but you know, in my story, I overcame a lot. And, you know, just, just, just sharing my story can also help, you know, hopefully help one, one you know, one or, or two people. That's how I look at it. But if I can help save one person by just sharing my experience and getting somebody through a, a hard, rough patch, you know, that's good enough for me. That's, and that's how I look at it, you know, because I've, I've, I've seen um, fellow, fellow Marines that I, that I've uh, fought with overseas come back home and, and deal with difficulties to the point where they couldn't handle anymore. And, you know, they, they gave up, they gave up on lives or their life or themselves, or, you know, you may have someone also who, who, in, in my, in my story, I, I lost a child. So, you know, you may go have parents out there that don't know how to deal with that and, you know, are looking for ways to cope with that as well. So, you know, it's for me, people thought that at one point it just bugged me um, about my boxing career. But no, it's, it's just about life because at the end of the day, I always say, yeah, you may see me fight on TV or ESPN, but I'm human just like the man next to me at, at the end of the day. You know, I go through my own trials and issues as well. Yeah, no. <clears throat> and, uh you became one of the best, you know, boxers are still quite frankly, I boxing. I love sports, man. And boxing is probably one of my weakest links as far as my sports knowledge, but in doing the research, obviously uh, one of the top fighters in the world. And we'll touch upon that. But um, I know I, I started off with probably the most broad based way to enter into the podcast, but let's go back <laughs> now. That's like the, the top end to give everyone the teaser of kind of yes. what has gone on. But Starting back to your childhood, um, something I saw, you know, you had adversity at a very early age, only a couple years old. 
think like f- four to five or six when you were having, um, you were, you had to go into a foster home for a couple months before your mom got you back. Can you kind of explain, right. you know, you you faced that adversity right off, off, right off the rip in life, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I felt like I've had obstacles thrown at me just from the, from the, from the very beginning. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is that I often use is born, born to lose, but built to win. And that's how I look at myself. And I know a lot, a lot of others can relate to that as well. But, you know, going through that state, my, my parents, at one point in time, they weren't living the best lifestyle. Um, both my mother and my um, my stepfather, who raised me throughout the years, you know, they used to sell, they used to sell drugs. And, and that lifestyle right there had, you know, had got me mixed in to, you know, their acts where obviously, of course, I was taken away from, from my family at, at, at a point in time in my life. But, you know, I credit I credit both of them because instead of them continue to go down that, that road, you know, they did eventually get their lives together. But, you know, I had to go through the system. I had to, you know, I was in one foster home one one, one week and then I was in another the next. And, you know, luckily, because, you know, a lot of we all know a lot of kids, they don't have the best experiences at times in foster care. But luckily for me, my foster family out in Amityville, New York, they actually became family till this day. To this day, I still speak with them. So, you know, I, I speak on that. I speak on at times when I was, you know, being bullied. You know, people look at me like, well, you know, you're, you're the champion of the world. <laughs> like, I, I know. But um, again, I'm I'm a human being just like anyone else. And, you know, I had to go through my share of um troubles and, and things of nature. So I, I used to be bullied and, and, and picked on. And as we see now, especially with the social media era, a lot of kids, it's, it's more out there. We see a lot of a lot of kids being bullied, and it's sad because you know it, I, I believe it's always happening. It always happened, of course, in the, in the past. But I think you see it more with social media where kids are now, you know, taking their lives because they've been they can't take it and they don't they don't know how to handle, you know, facing obstacles of their own even in school in, in school. So it's sad when I see that um you know kids you know committing suicide or or going out and maybe even harming others out of anger and fear so that's why i i speak on that aspect as well so it, it's just a lot like i mean i want to i just like i just want to connect with people let them know listen i'm you know i'm here for you even now after the book is already released i still go to social media and i, and I have one-on-one conversations with individuals just just asking for advice because you know i'm just i'm i'm just a normal a normal man at the end of the day but if i can help you get through a tough time i'm happy with that i don't need I don't need to be, you know, high fives and, you know, and giving praise. No, I mean, I believe I always, I was always raised that if you do good by others, good will come to you as well. Yeah, no doubt. And how about that? Now I call them knowledge nuggets born to lose, but built to win. That is uh right. love that statement, man. And uh, speaking of, you know, built to win, um, you know, as some of these events, unfortunately you had another tragedy as, you know, we just talked about your childhood and as you're coming towards, I guess your early adolescence years, um, you had a great friend from childhood to those years, Stephen Brown. And um, can you kind of go back to, you know, losing him? And and then obviously that kind of led into you joining the Marines. Oh, that that, that was rough, man. That was rough because that kind that friendship was basically built upon right after when you mentioned about me coming back from the foster care system. I had met him maybe literally, no, a, a year later after I got back, home with my with my parents we had moved right across the street from 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 him 
and we just immediately, you know, clicked. Like he was a year older than me. So back in uh, 2002, he, after he, he graduated high school, he had went straight into the service. And me always being around him and looking up to him when he came back, he was just a, a, a totally transformed person, but in a, in a positive light. Because, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those kids where I, I, did, I did good in school, but I didn't, I didn't look at college as something that I wanted to do right after high school. And, and obviously being from New York, the 9-11 incident was just it was still fresh in everyone's minds. And because I had to see um, friends in school worrying about if their if their relatives were, were in those buildings at the time or or coming from on those flights. So when I seen the change that he made um, around that time, you know, it kind of influenced me to become a new United States Marine. Because for the most part, in my family, I would kind of say that my aunts and uncles, they're all they were all on. So I wanted to do something different as well. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be that only Marine in the family. So that was another reason why as well. But yeah, I mean, he's, um, Stefan, you know, he, he was a, he was a, um, a great, a great part of to where I'm at now, because I always reflect and think about, man, if I didn't make that move, would I be where I'm at now? Would I would have done this? Would I, and, I, and, and I always give credit to the people that, that made those, you know, that those moments in my life to, to turn into greater things later later in my own path so it, it was just it was just hard when um you know in 2000 december december 12th of 2004 you know he had passed away to, um, to cancer and that hit me hard because that happened in december of 2004 and literally february of 2005 was my first deployment and i'm still i'm only but 19 years old i'm still a kid so i'm still i'm still finding my way as an adult and i felt like i didn't have that big brother role to help me along that journey because in my household I was the old I'm the I'm the I'm the oldest so I went good with him he was like you know he was my role model he was my inspiration and it was like when I lost him I didn't know what to do I didn't know where to go what to do because again this is he's the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm here in the Marine Corps and it would it was just it was just rough and I had to go out to fight those battles and and then those those battles alone is what triggered the PTSD, the depression, to me, um, you know, just just going the wrong direction at, at, at times, and and it wasn't until maybe my second deployment in two thousand seven, where I kind of started getting together because I, I okay now I'm twenty I'm twenty one years old twenty one years old now, and I'm expecting my first my first son who I named Stefan as well in honor of my best friend, but um I didn't get to meet my son until I came back from the, from my rap because, you know, he was born while I was still in, in the desert. So again, I had to go through dealing with the stress and the pressure of just getting home because if I had this, my second deployment is when I started seeing, you know, fellow Marines losing their lives to um, roadside bombings and, and things of that nature. So, and then like, I, and one story that, that always sticks out with me till this day is that we, I was, it was a sergeant. And he was an EOD technician. And basically, an EOD technician is basically bomb squad. So he's basically giving us a, um, a lesson on what to look out for and roadside bombings and, and things of that nature. And I remember there was two, two friends of mine. They, they was fooling around in the class, and he just went off. You know, he went off like a typical Marine out of anger. But he, he was angry because, you know, he's trying, to, he's trying to help prevent lives from being lost. And remind you now... He also had a son that was just born around that time. And his son, I'll never forget, his son, his son was only but maybe two weeks old. And he was just telling us, listen, I'm trying to get home to my son. 
you know, I got a two-year-old son. I'm out here on my time trying to help you guys out. You guys are floating around. And that always stuck out to me because I, I was in the same situation. You know, um, I was, I, I'm trying to get home to meet my own child, my own first, you know, first son. And I forget, maybe a week later after that class, that sergeant lost his life from, um, from uh, a roadside bombing. And that also triggered, again, like, you know, the PTSD, the depression. And, and when I got home, of course, it was um, a sign of relief. But a lot of those things, you know, they, they, they were haunting. Even now, like, I, I still can clearly vivid those moments. And this is back in 2007. We're in 2022 now. But I, can, I, I still, you know, can, can picture word for word and the, the scenario and where, where I was at at the time. But, again, um, I know I'm not the only one out there who has these type of um, moments that go on in their life. So, again, with my story, um, I'm opening up to the world about, yes, I'm a Marine, I'm a world champion, I'm this and that, but, you know, I'm vulnerable just like you. And it's not, and there's nothing wrong, though, opening up to the, to the, you know, to people or, or whoever you feel comfortable with about what you may be going through. Because I learned a long time ago, the more you, you think, oh, I'm going to keep it aside, I'm going to be tough, I'm, you know, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, that actually, that actually weakens you and it hurts you more. And, and I believe it takes a strong individual to open up and, and then share his story with the world. Yeah. So no, appreciate you sharing. I think that's, you're helping save lives, um, by doing that. And can you try to help somebody, you know, as far as that might be, you know, like you said, you had severe PTSD, um, depression, and then I know you turned to alcohol. Um, how did you, you know, I guess, uh, you know, be self-aware that you were having some, some significant, you know, mental and, and physical challenges. And then how did you overcome those? Um, family. Family, family, man, I, I tell you, because like everyone handles, you know, depression differently, you know, I, which I which I've learned myself by just opening up and, and, and listening to others, other, other stories as well. And for me, what I like, um, I thought, you know, especially with the drinking and everything, I thought I was just being a typical Marine and just out there, you know, just out there having a drink or two or whatever. But then it just it, 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 it became repetitive. and. I wasn't catching on. I thought I was just, you know, I thought I was okay because like, I would be like pretty, pretty much in a setting that, that I am now, nice and quiet and by myself. And I thought, you know, I'm not bothering anybody and I'm, 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 not, I'm not doing it around my children. So I thought, you know, I'm just being a typical, you know, typical adult, that, a responsible adult that, you know, I'm, I'm just having to drink here or there, but to myself. But then I started seeing that, you know, the bottles were starting to, you know, to empty out a lot faster. And and not only was I not, you know, catching on soon enough, but my family was. And they were seeing that I was being more, you know, distant. And it, and it came down to my wife, Jennifer, when she came, pulled me to the side. She said, listen, I know you don't bother anybody when, you, when, you're, when you're drinking, but you all, you're shutting everyone off and to the point where no one can get to you and, and you don't open up. And that's a problem. And if you continue going down this path, you're not only going to lose yourself, but you're going to lose your family. And that's when I had to make the decision of, you know, going to see some help, going to get help, going to the local VA, going to speak with somebody because of anything, you know, family to me is everything. So um, I don't really care for the spotlight, things of that, of that nature, but family to me is everything. And I was like, man, if I lose that, it can only, I felt like it can only get worse from that point in time. So 
that's what made me open up and, you know, go get help. And I can say that I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I had that conversation. I'm glad I, I had people that can speak to me, you know, directly and, and just give it to me, you know, just like that. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. Don't be a yes man where, oh no, you're, you're, you're good. You're fine. Let them be. I'm glad there's people that actually care about my well being instead of caring about, you know, where they stand next to me and because of my status. Yeah, no doubt. And and I've never said this, but I'm going to say it now. I actually been, uh, I gave up alcohol almost still be three years this coming May. I was the same way, man. And I've never talked about this, but, um, I was like either same way with stress leading a company. And I was like, either I'm going to be divorced or dead or something. Right. And, yeah. and I just wasn't handling stress well and over consuming. And it was the same thing. It wasn't like crazy apparent that it was, there was a problem probably. Um, but not to the point where like people were noticing, but, um, but yeah, I just gave it up, man. I became self-aware exactly. and I was like, I don't, I don't want to lose the family. I don't want to lose, you know, a lot of the things that were going well. And so, you know, for me, it was like, everyone kept saying, Oh, just, just, uh, you know, just go to wine or just have a beer. Don't drink liquor. And I was like that, right. you don't understand when it, like you just can't it just doesn't work like that for me for me it doesn't it's like oh you just do this you do that and i was like it's either like for me i just needed to get rid of it you know and and just be zero tolerance and it's been unbelievable man my um my time with my family has been so much better my energy my health my like you said it's just it's really been good so thank you that you know your story just drew out my story right and so hopefully that, that 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 inevitably once again um, and I see that in all your work that you're willing to talk about, you know, the, the struggle with alcohol or the depression and, and another thing, um, that you went through, <clears throat> I think that I know personally, a lot of people, I, I have not had this experience myself, but losing, um, your daughter, uh, to SIDS. And that was, yeah. you know, as you're progressing through your life, um, that was, a obviously an, an extremely excruciating, uh, tragedy for you. Can you kind of touch upon that instance and and how you overcame that as well oh yeah i I remember um especially being a father i had my son and i was expecting my first daughter now and of course being a father that's probably one of the greatest joys in the world like i i I can finally have my little i got my i got my boy but i have my little girl now so you know i was actually going through a great phase in my life at that point in time you know i thought everything was going just perfectly fine um, I was, I'm, I'm always spending time with my kids. So I, I used to always love coming home from my work and just, you know, spending a, the, the evening as so with, with my, with my kids. And I'll never forget, it was just one, it was just one terrible day that I got clearly can, and, and, and I'm glad and now I can speak more openly about it because for a while I couldn't even speak about it. I couldn't even speak on it. It, it, it just, just thinking about it would bother me, but I never forget, I had gotten to an argument with my daughter's, my daughter and her son's mother. And, you know, it's one of those things where instead of, you know, instead of causing causing more of a scene, I'm just going, I'm just going to just leave. I'm just going to just go get some air and, and I'll, I'll be back later on. So I, I remember coming home later on and think, you know, there was no issues, no, no arguing, no, no, no bad signs of anything happening. And I remember my daughter's mother going upstairs and till this day I heard it was like one of the most eerie screams that I, that I can hear in my head now. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know, so I, I run upstairs like, wait, wait, what, 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 what happened? What happened? And she was just saying, she was just saying, she's not, she's not responding. She's not responding. She's not breathing. So I'm like, so I'm just like, what? Like, 
no, this can't be. So I grabbed my daughter my, out of her crib myself. And um, I remember she wasn't responding. And I'm trying to, you know, give a CPR. And I'm yelling at my um, at my at her mother, just call, you know, call the ambulance and everything. Um, so I don't forget they they take her. We get to the we get to the um we get to the to the hospital. I don't forget the doctor comes out maybe like a uh, half hour later. He's asking questions, so I'm thinking everything, you know, everything's all right. And he was telling me that, you know, then he just booked the news that she was gone. And, you know, again, boom, again, I felt like I lost another person, you know, that was special to me in my life. Again, it was like one of those situations where, why me? Like, why me? And, and I know a lot of other, not even just people in the military, but people in general around, around the world probably go through the same scenario where, you know, they go through one tragedy, they 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 cope with it, and then another one hits, and this thing, and then you just think like, am I am am I a bad person in the world that things keep hitting me constantly over and over, and it's like I try to do right, and something else hits me, and I know there's people out there who feel that way because after that situation, I had a friend that I grew up with that lost her child to SIDS, and. And this is maybe about a few years after after my daughter's passing that, you know, I, I, I've done with my share of coping and experience and, 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 you know, experience with it. So I felt luckily for me, you know, luckily in terms of, you know, I was actually, I could be there for her, you know, for her because when my daughter passed, I didn't know who to go to. Again, I didn't know who to go to. I mean, I shut myself out from work literally for two weeks. No one didn't see me. Like the Marine Corps was great, was great to me. They gave me all the time in the world, you know, away from everything. But during those two weeks, I was just in a room to myself again. And I didn't like, I didn't want to speak with anybody. I didn't want to open up. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to do anything. So, you know, I was sharing my my story with my friend. And, you know, it kind of, I still speak, I still check on her to this day because we grew up together, we went to school together and everything. And you know, I still check on her, but I still see that, you know, it kind of hits her a little bit as well. I mean, like like any other parent, but you know, due to our conversation, she says that it did help her a lot, you know, how to handle it and manage it. But again, sadly, like um my own brother, he lost his infant daughter to SIS as well. So my niece, so like I never forget with that moment. Going to the just going to the funeral, it actually hit me harder than my own brother because and not saying that it didn't bother him, but I took it a lot harder because it was like a flashback. It just all over again. But again, I, I knew I had to be strong for my brother. And you know, we actually been a lot closer throughout the years due to tragedy. And I mean, for like I said, for any for any parent out there, I got I'm out. It's funny that matter of fact, it's funny that you even mentioned that because a, a friend of mine today, literally today, um, she's going through the passing the anniversary of passing of her father. Her father passed away um nine years ago, and I just reached out to her and I was like, listen, I know what you're going through in terms of losing a loved one. So I, yeah. I'm not gonna dive into details and get into the what's wrong and mm-hmm. how are you feeling. I know how you're feeling, but just know that you know, if you ever need anything, I'm here. You know, if you need just need to talk about anything or just vent, I'm here. Cause she she put a message out there on social media that you know she just wasn't herself and she's usually you know the light of everything you know she's usually uplifted but today it just and it was one of those moments and I said like, listen I understand 
I go through it every every anniversary of my daughter. I just, you know, it, it never, it, it'll never die away. That the memories of your of anyone that you love dearly will never die away. But there are ways you can handle it on and on this path of life. And you know, she was just grateful that I reached out to her and we spoke about it for um, for a while. And she's in a better she's she, she's in a better um, place and mood now. But yeah, it, it never like it never gets easy for anyone. But it just it's just the way that you you handle it. Is what really counts at the end of, at the end of the tunnel because, man, I was like some like some people they they contemplate on taking their own lives because they can't deal with it. It doesn't have to be just a just a um a child, just somebody that was special to them in their lives. Man, I mean, we we seen people lose their parents and they can't handle it, right. you know. So you know that I just I just wanted to open up and let listen. You know, I know I know what you go through. I I still go through it, but. This is how we can, you know, walk down this path together. You are not alone. We can, we can do, we can, we can, you know, fight these battles together. You don't have to fight these battles in the, in the, in the dark any longer. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. Like you said, you don't have to fight alone, right? That's something you just said. And you can walk the path together and really just, like you said, be people being proactive to reach out to others that are knowing they're going through some trying times. It sounds like that helped you. And, and you had mentioned family and, and close friends have, have helped you overcome some of these things. And, um, you know, that, that's fantastic, man. Thank you for sharing those, those nuggets as well. Now, moving on to, to boxing, right. Um, probably most of your conversations start, they're not, uh, 25 minutes into a podcast and then you get to the <laughs> boxing aspect. Um, but that's for us, you know, we're not necessarily worried about you as, as a professional boxer, we want to, on this podcast, understand how we can improve our lives by using, you know, a lot of the stuff you just had mentioned. So thank you again for that. But no problem. You know, I'd be reminisced if I didn't touch upon your boxing career. And so, um, you know, after you uh, left the Marines, can you go through um, why you got into boxing? And I know you had mentioned this. I found this really interesting as well as it didn't come naturally to you. I found that very fascinating. So how did, you know, you get into it? It didn't come naturally, but you came obviously an elite boxer. You know, I, I because I started boxing late and it's funny because um, I didn't know until, like I said, even when I was a teenager, uh, boxing actually starts a lot early for others than when, when, when I had started. I started when I was about 15, 16 years old, but you get kids in there that started when they were about six, seven years old, man. And then they're, they're competing by the time they're eight years old. You know, so I look at it for me, I had to be a fast learner to catch up with everything that was going on because, and it wasn't, it wasn't something that I was really interested in. The reason why I had gotten to boxing, because again, at one point in time, I wasn't, you know, the best scholar, in, you know, in, in school. Like I, I just wasn't into school and, but I was always into sports. You know, my thing was football, basketball, track and things of that nature. But you know, as well, in order to keep up on those, on those teams, you got to keep up your grades and, I had started slipping behind my grades because I, I was one of those kids that just felt like I was going to do whatever I wanted to do. So um, they kicked me up to the team. And again, I come from a rough background and I knew if I stayed home too long, you know, long enough where I'm not doing anything to keep me busy, I would find myself getting into trouble that I didn't want. So I know uh, one of my closest friends that I still speak to today. He had reached out to me. He was like, hey, man, why don't you come down to, you know, the gym and just work out and just stay busy and, you know, and just, and just check it out. So 
I didn't really, you know, again, I wasn't really thinking like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a boxer. I want to do boxing. I was like, okay, I, I'll just do it because it's something to do. It keeps me in shape. You know, when I get my grades back up, I'll be in shape now to go into the next sport with no, with no problem. So, but uh, when I went down there, his father, um, Mr. Austin Hendrickson, uh, who I still speak to as well today, was my first trainer. And like, I, I just fell in love with it from like day one. I mean, I, I never forget my first sparring session, you know, I, I come on with a bloody nose, you know, but I, it was one of those, it was like boxing for me taught me to basically, life can be hard. And if you want to quit, there's the door. There's the door. No one's, no, you know, no one's forcing you to do anything, but there's a door if you want to be, if you want to be, if you want to be a quitter. And for me, that's what always stuck with me. I never want, I never wanted to give up on anything. I, if I was going to, if I was going to do something, I was going to stick with it. So that's the kind of the aspect that boxing helped me not only within the ring, but outside the ring as well. And I just fell in love with it. And it's crazy because I know it's, it's a funny story. I don't know how, but I, I somehow I, I must have been just doing that bad in school where I was even falling behind with grades in PE and physical education. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, how about how about failing gym? And I never forget boxing. When I when I showed proof that I was doing boxing, my I'll never forget my gym teacher. He actually he used that, you know, an, an outside school activity as a, as a proof to build to, to boost my 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 uh, my grade and passing it. In, in PE, but you know, it, it just it, it just taught me a lot about self disciplining. You know, finding myself, and I never forget. And this is like all happening during my junior year in high school. My senior year of high school, I had a complete, you know, one eighty. Um, I was actually on high honor roll every every quarter. I was getting you know A's and A's and B's, and, you know, and mostly A's. You know, surprisingly, um, I was I was more in tune. I was I was I was more dedicated to to, you know, just, just getting it all together so I can graduate, you know, with my class on time. And I, 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 use, I use that story, you know, to help, to, help young, to help young kids now because, you know, when they look at boxing, they think, oh, you're on TV, you're making all this money. I'm like, no, it's not always about the money. It's about, you know, finding who you are. And, you know, like I said, again, that's self-discipline. And I always share that story because I'm like, I didn't, I didn't jump into boxing and I became – you know, the U.S. Olympian and had all this like, no, I, I, I suffered loss. Um, I, I, I was decent, but I wasn't where I wanted to be in terms of being, you know, number one in the country, making the U.S. Olympic team, um, you know, getting out the amateur system and going to the pro rankings. Like, no, I, I always share like, listen, I had to start here. But, I, you know, as time went, as time went about, you know, I got to where I wanted to be at now. Even then, I'm, I'm never satisfied with, for where I'm at now. I always felt like. Okay, I, I accomplished this goal. Let's see if we could push to go higher or go or reach the, the, this point point in my career. So, I, I, and I always tell my friends, um, that's not even in, in the sports, just just in general, because you always you always get friends that say, "Oh man, you know, I wish I could be doing this right now. This is what I want to do." I'm like, listen, you got to start somewhere. Yep. And I always say, I always say, little progress is better than no progress. You know. You may not get, you may not make that big leap, you know, to, as fast as you want to. But if you if you're constantly taking those steps and you're, and you're constantly climbing and building and building, obviously, you know, apparently and eventually you will get to where you want to be at and closer to your destination. But you have to start somewhere and you have to start with yourself and you have to start believing within yourself. Yeah, I love that. I always say progress over perfection. So many times we get stagnant or we have to just we're, we're sitting still versus like, hey 
make progress, make the little gains that continue to add up. So I, I love that. Um, and, and you didn't just make little gains. You didn't go from failing gym class, which is amazing, <laughs> by the way, uh, to being uh, boxing for, for our country in the 2012 Olympic Games in London. And then being, you know, a world champion, uh, if I got this right, world super featherweight title. Um, yeah. And uh, man, that that is unbelievable. And so you jump in, you get to work, right? You're to me from from I guess my account, you would be a huge underdog, right? Jumping into the industry and then going to elite status of being a world champion or being the Olympics. Um, anything else, like as far? I mean, that's just an incredible, incredible story. I know it's all documented in your book, but is there anything else from, you know, being able to, I know you're 23 and three in your fights. Did you know, I guess, so you don't, you, you're not boxing, you get in the game, then you start to to go and you start to win. Did you know you were on to something special at a certain point where you're like, Hey, I know I'm chasing eternal greatness, but I'm going to get to that top. You know, it's funny. It's funny. And people don't, people actually don't even believe that times, but um, it wasn't until literally in my amateur career when I when I got to the Olympic trials and during that week of competing I kept winning and remind you I'm on the I'm on the the, the bottom seat like these, these, this guy these guys that I have it's it's crazy like um even when I think about it, I get goosebumps because these are kids that have multi multiple national titles at the time I didn't have a national title. I got there because I was part of the armed forces and we have our own tournament. And basically if we win that tournament, then we, we, we earn a spot in the Olympic trials. But these are kids that, that earned their, that honestly earned their spots in the Olympic trials the hard way. These guys have multiple national championships. They've been boxing for, you know, probably over a decade at the time. And, and, you know, since like, again, since they were like six, seven years old, and these guys, and these guys were really good. Like I wasn't even, I wasn't even really, I wasn't even ranked um, in the top, in the in, in the top, um, the top five, top three, or top, you know, top five. I was, I was maybe like ranked like maybe number nine or eight or nine at the time, and I was just happy with just being, you know, noticed and ranked in in in, in the country. But you know, you know, when I started just, you know, believing in myself. As I was competing and constantly, you know, winning, I I, I never forget. I called mother. I was like, "Hey, mom, maybe you know, maybe I can win this thing." You know, because at one point, because you do have times when, and I know I'm the only one, but you have times when people are just happy with being there in the moment, and that's that's good for that's good enough for them, you know. And that's what I mean. And that's why I am now. Where okay, I got here. Let me see if I can get here. Let me. I don't want to just be happy with just being here. Let me see if I can, you know, push it and go here. And that's what that's what was going on, and I just kept winning. And one thing, next thing you know, I, I had my hand raised, holding a trophy, and I was um, a 2011 a 2011 Olympic trials winner, and I was given an opportunity to now qualify for the U.S. Olympic team. And that's when I, and it was at that moment when I said, you know, maybe I do have something in me that that is special. Maybe now I understand why others probably believed in in me more than I actually believed in myself. Cause that's what I was going on at one point in time. People will say, oh, you have it, man. You have the, you have the skill, you have the, you have the talent, you have to believe in yourself. But you know, I tell them, I'm just thinking that these guys are just good friends with me. Of course, they're going to say that, of course, they're going to push me. But you know, it's funny that a lot of people, in, even um, when I was a young teenager, 
always seen something special in me that I didn't see in myself. And, you know, I, I go back home at times also, and, I, and I, I just thank them. Like, you know, I appreciate you believing in me when I didn't believe in myself because, again, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. And then one of the me, you know, thinking about those life lessons and, and conversations with these with these individuals, you know, they helped me get through a lot. And that's why I think I, it's, no, it's a, I know is the reason why I always remain humble and grateful. You know, I, ne- I never forgot where I came from. I never forgot those who helped me throughout the journey. So, and, and that's another reason why I put out this book because, you know, I want to help people. I want to help others out there, even if they're complete strangers, the way people help me along my way. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you ever want to get into the staffing business. I know you're here local with me, but we we have three things we talk about: gratitude, selflessness, and high expectations. And you have all three of those. So, for whatever it's <laughs> worth, you come down the road, man. I got you. Um, I appreciate I thought, that. Yeah, I thought there was a unique quote here. I wanted to pull out as we kind of come towards the end here. Um, you say, "When I look at everything I had to go through in winning the title at this point for on your daughter's birthday or Memorial Day weekend." And then you had to defend it on Veterans Day weekend all in the same year, you know, being a veteran, like how cool, like you talk about things coming together timing wise. That's, that's a unique, unique opportunity. And it's crazy because also um, July 27, 2012 was the opening ceremony of the, um, of the Olympics in London. That's also the anniversary of my daughter's passing. So it's still, I feel like, there's never nothing's a coincidence in life for me. I I feel like things just play out the way they do for a reason, but it's up to me to make the most of it. And and I always say, I, you know, I have I'm proud in myself knowing that I could turn a negative situation into a positive light at the end of the day. So that was yeah, 2019 was a great year for me. It, it should, my daughter would have been 10 years old. It was on, you know I won the title on her birthday. Um, I was, I was honored just to, you know, you know, wish I had a birthday on national, on national TV from the world, well, from the, from the world and, you know, just, 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 and keep her memory a, a lot, again, alive in a positive light. You know, I could have been sad and moping and crying all day during that day and rightfully so, but, you know, I went out there, I dug deep and I, I would say that title was, was a gift to her, you know, because, her memory kept me on, on the right path to where I stayed focused, I stayed motivated, and I stayed dedicated to my goal and my dream. And just all, you know, going into um, November that year, the same year for Veterans Day weekend, which was also, and also the Marine Corps, um, the Marine Corps birthday, I got to represent them. You know, I went out there and represent like I'm one of, I'm one of, I'm one of you. You know, I'm one of you, and here I am, and this is for this is for you guys. And and, and, and women. So that, that was, that was, it was just a great, it was just a great year. And, and I'll never forget, you know, those moments. No, it's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, one thing also just to, to, I think kind of wraps it up, which I think is really, really important taking a few knowledge nuggets and you say it's okay to not be okay. You know, as we're going through this whole podcast, tell someone you're not okay. Right. And I think the whole thing of raising mental health, saving lives, I know 22, I think, veterans a day, if I remember correctly, it's maybe even more now, uh, take their lives, which is terrible. Um, you say much, many more, especially in this time of COVID. I think this is a great, anyone listening to this podcast, hopefully, you know, Jamel's message, um, cause people are struggling, losing a lot of loved ones to, to the virus and many different things that are out there. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's a great thing for them uh, to, to engage with your content. Can you give our listeners, you know, whether if it's your book, your handles, 
you know, anything that you have out there that, that may be struggling with depression, alcohol, you know, PTSD, anything of the things, loss of a, of a family member, you know, how can they engage with you or any of your content? Well, you know, with me, I'm, for starters, because it's funny because a lot, a lot of us veterans, we don't have the most, we don't have the, we don't trust, we don't have a lot of trust in others as much, as much as we did with our fellow men and women that we serve with. But I always try to tell them now, listen, man, there's nothing wrong with you going to starting with maybe your local VA mm-hmm. to sit down and speak with somebody. And and the people who, who, who are not veterans, who are not military, there's nothing wrong with you, you know, just reaching out to someone, you know, to a close friend or even, even a complete stranger. If you, just, you know, just, if you just open, if you just open up just a little by little, I'm, I promise you, you'll, you'll, you'll start to feel the difference. And, a lot of that weight will be off your shoulders. And, and even now, I, I still keep everything about me open to everyone. Um, you can find me on social media, at Jamil Herring, and just, if like, people just dive into my inbox with just, you know, random questions, but I always make time to, you know, to, to read it and I get, and, and get back with them. And, and if, um, one story, for, for example, is um, it was just, it was just a, um, a, random, a random guy out in the UK, out way out in, in, in London, um, somewhere. And he just telling me that he said, man, I heard your story about how you forgive and you, 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 you um, made it, you went out your way to, to, you know, rebond with old relationships. And he was just telling me about, you know, he hadn't spoken to his father in years and like over well over a decade and it was bothering him. It was eating him up. And I was just like, Hey man, listen, you know, I, I've been there where I, I've had fractured relationships that even with my, with my own biological father. So I said, listen, I, I said, you you can't force anyone to do not, something they don't want to do. So I can't sit there and say, you know, hey, if you try to reach your father, you know, maybe things will get better because that's not how life plays out. But I said, listen, if you if you make the, make the effort of taking that first step into rebuilding that relationship, you know, that says enough about you right there. That that takes a lot of that takes a lot of strength right there because you know a lot of people hold grudges and like you pointed out with the COVID situation, I've seen so many friends lose a loved one to COVID, and but before they lost that loved one, they couldn't say a proper goodbye because they've held on these crazy grudges that they could have just you know they could have just picked up the phone and actually spoke to you know spoken to that individual. And just clear the clear the air. So I was like, "Listen, man, we're we're in a crazy time right now. You don't know what can happen. It doesn't even have to be COVID. Something can just happen tomorrow where you don't have the opportunity again. So, so go out your way, you know, make the effort to to make contact and get back to me. And it's funny because three or four months later, he did reach out back out to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I just want to tell you, I just want to say thank you. I reached out to my father. We didn't have the best conversation, but." I felt good at least attempting, you know, to, to build that relationship again. And, you know, I feel better about moving forward because I know I was the bigger person. I know I, I tried to do what was right. And maybe one day my father will, you know, we will, you know, rekindle our relationship again, but thank you because it was eating me up and I didn't know what to do. And, it, and, and I was just going down the wrong path. And since then, you know, I was t- again, say, Hey man, just keep me posting and just keep me updated with your story. Cause you know, uh, like others may not, may not care, but trust me, I do care. You know, I want to, I want to see people do good. I want, and I hope and I pray that 
you and your father can get back to where you once were and things will work out. And that just, that's just the person that I am, you know, and I'm, I'm actually happy knowing that, you know, that my story at least inspired someone to reach out to me. Like I said, again, me, we, we don't know anything about each other. We never, we never met, but, you know, just for, just from um, having that platform, it, it, it helped me, it helped me, you know, get the, get my word out and, and he's just one of many now that, that reach out to me and, and we'll just, and it doesn't have to be about relationships. It'll be about something I've experienced over here. Um, another guy asked me about, you know, joining the military. How, you know, how does that, ben- how did that benefit me? An- another, another individual asked about, you know, how to get their foot started in boxing. So that's why, that's what I love about the book is, is that it hits so many different things in life that it doesn't have to be just one topic. And so now, and it, and it also allows me also to learn more well, others may be going through that I that I would never thought of. I, I, I have an experience myself. I'm like, man, that's they know that, that's a real, that's a real deep story. I don't forget. Um, I went down to a camp house out in Houston where you had veterans that were going through crazy stories. And I'm and I, I'm sitting there talking to guys that were going through things from Vietnam that they're still experiencing, but they just now decided to open up and share their issues. So I'm like, man, that takes a lot. I mean, these guys that I, you know, that I respect and look up to that fought in the 1960s and 70s, and they're just now, you know, getting the proper help that they need, but they have no shame in it. And they're just happy that they actually got that help before it was too late. Yeah. No. uh, As you said at the beginning, you might've been, you know, born to lose, but you are building and you're, you're built to win brother. So thank you so much. Um, now that I know that we're not too far from each other, if I ever need, uh, you know, some assistance, especially if I ever get in some battles, I need to, I'm going to call the best fighter over the world. So those that are around this community Thank better you. watch out. I got Jamel on my side now. Um, I appreciate that anytime. But yeah, no, it's good to have uh, UDP. Uh, you're part of our brotherhood now and sisterhood, part of our community. I and uh, I really, really appreciate your time and your inspiration and those that uh, get an opportunity, please go. I know you can get it on Amazon. Go get his uh, book. I think it's, it's going to be, I can't wait to read it. I was actually hoping, I know we, we scheduled this so fast. uh, I didn't have the opportunity to, but I I look forward to doing so. Um, And uh, the best is ahead for you, my friend. And I really appreciate your time. Anytime, anytime. And again, I'll be more than willing to come back and we'll speak about, Anything that you want to bring up, but it was it was great speaking to you about it. It was actually great again, great. It's always great for me just to open up more about everything that I experienced because it, it does help. And I hope that people who are tuned in listening, I hope this actually you know helping as well. But thank you. Yes, thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps. Leave a five star rating and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.